Today's scripture reading comes from Isaiah 11, 1 through 9. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. And now Luke 2, 8 through 14. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There is a story in the book that many of our small groups are reading now about a man who was having trouble sleeping. His uh, heart was not at peace. Why, you might ask. He had cheated on his taxes and his conscience was bothering him. So he decided to write a letter to the IRS. Dear IRS, he wrote. I underpaid my taxes last year and I can't sleep at night. My conscience is bothering me enclosed. Please find $600. And then he added, P.S. And if I still can't sleep, I'll send the rest. (laughs) Clearing our conscience is one of the many ways we try to find peace in this life. Peace is our word for the day. We are in the fourth week of a sermon series entitled Unbreakable Gifts. It's built around a book by James Moore and Jacob Armstrong, which was up here and is not now up here. I was going to show it to you. But it's a book called Christmas Gifts That Won't Break. That's the one our small groups are using. And the premise of the book is that the gifts we give each other at Christmas are wonderful and 
they could get lost or forgotten or broken, but what are those gifts in life that we receive at Christmas that are enduring, life-changing, that stay with us forever and give our lives meaning and purpose? And those are the gifts that God gives to us in the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas, the unbreakable gifts of God's hope, love, joy, and today, peace. Would you pray with me? God of all mercy, God of all grace and hope and peace and love and joy, We come before you today and lay ourselves at your feet, seeking to grow in faith today, wanting to be more and more your disciples, more and more like you. Lord, grow us as we place ourselves once more at your feet. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless our thoughts today that the words of our mouths, the meditations of all of our thoughts would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock, our redeemer, and our refuge. Amen. Peace. When is the last time you could take a deep breath and feel at peace? No worries no anxieties, no restlessness, no fears, not overwhelmed by an agenda or a list of complicated to-dos that just is too much. When was that? Take a moment, remember. Where were you when you felt that peace? If you're joining us online, you can put it in the chat. If you're here, you could raise your hand. Were you at the beach? Were you in the mountains? Were you at home? In worship? Were you holding a sleeping baby? Having a meal with people you love? Or was it singing Silent Night on Christmas Eve? For me, at some point in my life, it has been all of the above at different times. I imagine each of us comes today with different stories and different backgrounds and different answers to that question about where you were last time you felt that peace. Or maybe this is a day and a season in which you struggle to find it. Peace, for many of us, may be hard to imagine particularly this time of year. Holidays are beautiful and stressful, wonderful and messy, and Christmas can bring to mind some of the most painful memories we have and some of the best all at the same time. And add to that the demands of the holiday Oh my, on top of an already probably overcommitted schedule, we add decorating outside, decorating inside. We add making or finding Christmas cards, addressing cards, signing cards, putting stamps on cards, mailing cards, 
figuring out gifts, buying gifts, ordering gifts, wrapping gifts, paying for gifts, having to get gifts to the people for whom we bought them, which means traveling and packing and hosting and cooking meals and planning meals and cleaning up after meals. And add to that, trying to figure out what topics will be safe with the family around the table and add to that COVID and all of its many variants and all of the headlines and peace for many of us may be hard to imagine. My sister told me last week that she feels like she's spinning. It's just too much. She's a teacher and school teachers this year have had even more stress than usual and low morale. There's been a lot of discouragement. And she said that she has felt like she's tired on top of already being tired. And then she said the way to describe it was like she's chasing eight wagons down the hill all at the same time. And the closer she gets to one wagon and getting that one straight, the other seven get farther away. Peace for many of us, is hard to imagine. Yet Scripture tells us a very different story. Scripture paints for us a very different picture and tells us peace is possible. Paints that lovely picture that Angie read for us from Isaiah 11 that's known as the peaceable kingdom. In it, we hear of this small sprig coming off of a stump that looked hopeless. This new sign of life from the line of David, that sprig that grows into a branch that then becomes this exemplary leader full of compassion and kindness and empathy and wisdom and understanding and faithfulness and justice, leaning toward the poor and the meek. The leader will usher in a peace so complete that not only will it impact the civil order, but it will impact the whole of creation with an overwhelming harmony. Predators will not hurt their prey. Carnivorous animals, it says, will become vegetarians. All the livestock will be protected. Babies and toddlers will be safe from harm. They can even play near the snakes without danger. The passage paints this extreme ideal and sums it up by saying they will not harm or destroy or hurt on all my holy mountain because the earth will be full of the knowledge of God. This is the picture of peace between human beings and governments and all manner of things. And it sounds lovely, but it's not real, is it? Violence, war, danger are still in the headlines. As one person has said, the lion may die down with the lamb, but the lamb will not get a lot of sleep. Scholars debate this passage, particularly its beginnings, and try to figure out what historical reference represents that hopeless stump. Was it the 8th century fall of the 8th century BCE fall of the Assyrian Empire? 
Was it the exile? Was it earlier? And the Old Testament scholar, Dr. Michael Chan, suggests that there were many periods in Israelite history that would qualify for a season and time of hopelessness. And who is the leader that is that shoot coming off of the stump? Is it a real person? Some say it's Josiah, some say Hezekiah, and we, as Christians, thousands of years later, listen to the description of the leader of exemplary compassion and wisdom and justice from the line of David, and we think of Jesus. In fact, this passage is often read in preparation for Christmas as part of the Advent season. If this kind of peaceable kingdom is what Jesus was going to usher in, you might have noticed it did not happen. Dr. Michael Chan writes, and I quote, Evil is still active. The poor and meek remain afflicted. Predators continue to kill their prey. Violence is still done. If Isaiah 11 were the criteria by which Jesus' ministry was judged, then one would have to conclude, on the whole, it falls far short, end quote. Jesus did not remove the broken systems of the world. He challenged them, pointed them out, but did not eradicate them. And we have not had widespread, worldwide, everlasting peace. And lions haven't stopped being lions, and wolves have not stopped being wolves, and snakes have not stopped being snakes. There are yet companies and systems that prey on the vulnerable. And there are yet human beings who prey on other human beings. The peace of Isaiah 11 did not happen yet. Peace for many of us is hard to imagine. So what does our other scripture have to say about it that Angie read? It's from the Gospel of Luke, a passage that we ordinarily read only on Christmas Eve. So why did we read it five or six days early? Well, frankly, we can never read it enough. There's good news in that passage. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. Goodwill toward humanity. That's good news. But think about it. The shepherds and Mary and Joseph also did not live in a time of peace when Jesus came. The story describes an oppressive regime and exploitation and widespread poverty. And in the midst of that, this message comes to some of the most vulnerable people in the system. It's an interesting choice to bring the message to shepherds. Shepherds in that culture would likely have been unpopular, destitute, and would have suffered much. The angel promises to them a gift of peace for all. And they weren't going to miss that. Did you hear they went with haste? Many of us would to peace. Give me some of that, please. 
I wonder when they got there if it's what they expected. A fleeting moment. A baby crying. A sprig of hope, perhaps, in a life that may have seemed hopeless. Till then. Jesus did not change the broken systems for shepherds in that culture, though, either. He did not overthrow the government or bring the downtrodden to power, not like people wanted. It's one of the reasons they killed him. The world has not changed. How many of us are all too well aware of that? or grew up with the fears or violence mixed in with the Cold War or Vietnam, the war in Afghanistan, Desert Storm, the war in Iraq, to name a few, and have seen viciousness in our own lives or in a deployment, or have experiences of violence, some of which many of us could not fathom. Peace for many of us is hard to imagine. But the scripture that we read today and God's word insists and the shepherds proclaim and God says to us that Jesus is a gift that brings peace. The angels say it. God declares that the shepherds run to see it and yet we might ask, where is it? I wonder. Perhaps peace doesn't mean what we think it does. Or maybe peace doesn't do what we think it ought to do. Perhaps peace is not the absence of conflict. God's peace is different, and here's how. God's peace does not wait for things to be orderly and neat and all figured out. God's peace does not wait for the conflict to end. God's peace does not wait until everybody starts to get along together again. God's peace is defiant. It does not wait till life is flowing smoothly and the struggles have stopped. God's peace is peace that comes despite it. God's peace is not dependent on circumstances and it never was and we sell it short if we think it is. It is a calm and assurance that comes from God. Like Isaiah says, that sprig that comes out of the thing that we thought didn't have any promise left in it. And Jesus talks about peace over and over in the Gospels. In John 14, he says, My peace I give to you not like the world gives. It's a different kind of peace. Jesus says, My peace I give to you. Peace be with you. Peace unto you. Go in peace. Peace be still. Have you felt it? Have you ever felt God's peace? What was that like? Someone asked me 10 or 15 years ago to describe what Jesus is like to me. And I gave the usual Sunday school answers. Redeemer, shepherd, savior, 
They're good answers. And this person pushed me farther, further, and said, "Um, but I mean when it's just you and Jesus, what is that like? I said, Jesus is my mattress. And they said, tell me more about that. I said, Jesus is the one, the only one on whom I can rest the whole of myself and lay it down. The weight of me, all the stuff that I carry, my questions and my problems and my fears and my worries and all the stuff that just doesn't seem to work out, I can lay it all down on my mattress. (laughs) That there I can lie in, rest in, lean on, lean back toward and fall and be at peace on my mattress. It's like those lions within each of us, those things that rage inside, the lambs within each of us, our most vulnerable parts, like Isaiah says, can be at rest as Jesus comes and is our mattress who can hold us, anchor us, strengthen us, ground us, center us. It is not peace that overthrows or topples systems or takes away storms, but peace that comes in spite of, regardless of, nevertheless, irrespective of, and no matter what in the world is going on, that kind of peace. When God says, I'm here with you, I've got you. Always. This is the gift of Jesus, known as Emmanuel, God with us. And in those moments when we feel it, that is peace. Defiant in the midst of whatever is going on in the world or in our lives. God doesn't need for the world to change to bring peace to us within it because this gift isn't based on anything but God. And that's what makes it unbreakable. Let me tell you a story When I was a hospital chaplain, there had been a bad accident and a woman was in surgery as a result of a critical surgery and the medical team wasn't sure if she would make it or not. Her husband had come and he was, of course, devastated and frantic and shaking. And the nurses called and asked if I would come and sit with him during that surgery. And I said, absolutely. Uh, But in the time it took me to get from wherever else I was in the hospital to that waiting room, he had disappeared. And we couldn't find him. The nurses and I started looking. We opened the door to the chapel. We didn't see him. We looked down this hall and that unit and this hall and that unit. We looked in other waiting rooms. We couldn't find him. And about that time, we were ready to just give up. And then one of the nurses was waving at me from outside the chapel doors. And so I went back. 
And the reason we hadn't seen him when we looked in earlier is because he was lying on the floor up by the altar with his face and his hands pressed into the fibers of the carpet there. A mattress was holding him. We went in and the nurse sat on the floor on one side of him and I sat on the floor on the other and we just stayed there in the silence and in a little while I started to pray out loud and the Holy Spirit came and sat with us too and filled that chapel every inch of it and was there for that man every cell of his body his heart rate slowed the creases in his forehead smoothed and he stopped shaking and for a moment in that sacred space that peace was inexplicable peace then you might think peace in the midst of all of that yes because God's peace is defiant and it comes regardless of what's going on in spite of what's going on and by golly sometimes because of it peace in the midst of everything in the midst of anything God's peace like a mattress the gift of Jesus Christ I think sometimes um, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Monica and I probably start to sound like a broken record talking about God's unbreakable love for each one of us talking about God's unshakable presence you know what I sure hope we do because I don't think we can say it enough because this Christmas Jesus is born again not only into a manger but into our hearts and with that gift we get these unbreakable ones from God hope love joy peace may you open those gifts and receive them this Christmas <laughs>